Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So what I was talking about in the last hour about uh, the research done on authoritarianism and Trump supporters, spoiler alert, they're not authoritarians. Um, And that's the new research from Cambridge. But part of what they uh, cite, what the researchers cite, are these three, uh, what they call bedrock dilemmas, how to deal with people in your, what they call in-group, whether that's, you know, all of the country or all of your state or your neighborhood or your family or whatever, your in-group, okay? How do you deal with people in your in-group who violate norms? How do you deal with them, harshly or not? The next bedrock dilemma for all societies throughout history, number two, is How open are you to new ideas, new lifestyles, right? And number three, how do you relate to uh, outgroups, whether it's, you know, foreign countries, the next town over with your, you know, your high school football rivalry kind of thing, whatever. How do you relate to outgroups? And so I think, and when you, how you uh, approach those three dilemmas generally lines up with your politics. So it's not that the politics are are forming people's opinions. It's that they already have these tendencies. We already have these tendencies, these beliefs, these feelings, and the politics is the way that we express it. And that's the right-left divide. How do you deal with your norm violators? Do you want to be more harsh or not? How do you want to? How open are you to new ideas? How do you relate to outgroups? And that's why I suspect, when I was reading through this research the other day, that's why I suspect there is a lot of focus on election integrity, because in-group versus out-group, there is a perception, not completely unwarranted, there is a perception <laughs> that our election system lacks security. And that is allowing others outside the in-group, in this case, eligible voters, it's allowing people who are not eligible to vote to do so. And the approach to take then, if you are generally of one mindset, is you want to be harsher in your relationship to the out-group. And if you have people inside your group, Americans, who are welcoming to that kind of uh, chicanery, you want harsh penalties for the norm violators in your in-group. Which leads me to this piece by Mark Hemingway at Real Clear Investigations. The Swiss billionaire Hans-Jürg Weiss, I think that's how he pronounced or or maybe it's Weiss, Viss, Wiss. Hans-Jürg Wiss. Anyway, this guy's got a profound interest in our politics for some reason. He's Swiss. He's a billionaire. 
Over the years, he has pumped $475 million that he has earned manufacturing medical devices into left-wing advocacy groups. $72 million in 2021 alone. That according to a new report from the watchdog group Americans for Public Trust. Since 2016, $245 million of the Swiss billionaire's spending on American politics has gone to Arabella Advisors, which controls a vast network of progressive nonprofits. Is this foreign interference in our elections? Where are the defenders of democracy? Where are you guys on this? Is this okay? Bunch of foreign money flowing into uh, American politics in order to effect political change and policy changes. Is that okay? According to a biography of this guy, Hanjog, written by one of his sisters, apparently, his goal is not to bend laws to his business's advantage, but rather to, quote, reinterpret the American Constitution in light of progressive politics. Although foreigners are prohibited from donating money directly to political causes, it's different because this guy's sending it to Democrats. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but but not really. Uh, Wiss has donated lavishly to progressive political organizations. Back in 21, the New York Times reported that this included the Center for American Progress, as well as Priorities USA, as well as organizations that ran voter registration and mobilization campaigns to increase Democrat turnout. They built media outlets that are accused of slanting the news to favor Democrats, because they do. They have financed hundreds of smaller groups as well that campaign for specific issues and candidates. Arabella Advisors raised $1.6 billion in 2021. It was dubbed by The Atlantic magazine, quote, the massive progressive dark money group you've never heard of. Now, if you've been listening to my show, you have heard of them because I've I've gone in depth on Arabella Advisors, particularly their influence on various uh, elections here in North Carolina over the years. Gaping loopholes in political finance law that essentially allows wealthy foreigners to launder their contributions are to blame. So this guy is pumping hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into American politics in order to change America into a progressive state. A spokesperson for uh, the two organizations most responsible for uh, Hansborg Weiss and his political giving, a woman by the name of Marne Banks, told Real Clear Investigations that the Weiss Foundation and the Berger Action Fund, um, so the Weiss Foundation would be the, the WIF and uh, the Burger Action Fund, the BAF, or the BAF, or you combine them, it's the, the WIF BAF. Um, they prohibit their grants, she says, from being used to support or oppose political candidates or parties or get out the vote efforts or voter registration efforts. Both organizations comply with the rules and laws governing their activities, and they support increasing transparency in our campaign finance system, blah, 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 blah. Almost every expert interviewed 
for this piece agrees that the House investigation into this Arabella Advisors Group is going to be challenging because the opaque nature of the 501c4 independent political expenditure groups makes it impossible to tell whose donations are spent on what. This is one of the fundamental rules of money. All funds are fungible. All funds are fungible. What does that mean? It means different pockets, same pair of pants. If you got a $20 bill in one pocket and 60 bucks in the back pocket, you still have $100. Whether you take 60 out of the back pocket and pay for something, it doesn't matter. It's still all yours. It's still coming from the same $100 that are in your pants. Arabella, along with its subsidiary organizations, declined to comment for the article because, of course, they would. Taking foreign donations has long been illegal, but it emerged as a major concern in 1996. Do you remember this? When figures tied to Chinese intelligence illegally funneled hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. One of the major figures in that scandal, a Chinese businessman named No Lap Singh. Not good at karaoke from what I understand. And in uh, 1997, No Lap Singh told ABC News, quote, My philosophy is that I should not break the law, but I wouldn't mind bending it. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. All right, so Real Clear Politics, sorry, Real Clear Investigations has a piece called uh, The Progressive Benefactor Who Makes U.S. Barriers to Foreign Cash Look Like Swiss Cheese. Because he's, he's Swiss. He's a Swiss billionaire. Get it? Okay, Mark Hemingway has the big write-up here on, uh, what's this guy's name again? Hans-Jörg Weiss. Hans-Jörg Weiss. Wasn't that what the Von Trapp family sang while they made their getaway? Taking foreign donations has long been illegal. But you'll remember, 1996, Chinese businessman No Lap Singh uh, told ABC News his philosophy was he shouldn't break the law, but he wouldn't mind bending it as he funneled hundreds of thousand dollars to the DNC. The political landscape shifted profoundly in 2010 with the Supreme Court landmark decision, Citizens United versus the FEC, by holding that campaign finance laws violated the right to free speech. And the court broadly prevented the government from restricting independent political spending by corporations as well as uh, other associations. So foreigners have never been allowed to make direct contributions to campaigns. Citizens United essentially allowed Hans-Jörg Weiss and other foreign billionaires, though, to give unlimited amounts of money to political action committees 
and other organizations that did not coordinate their advocacy with specific can- uh, candidates, which is a joke, of course, this, this idea that they don't coordinate. This is why you see uh, candidates for office, they'll post onto YouTube some B-roll of themselves. You've seen this? You know, just B-roll is the TV term for it. It's just like video of, uh, as soon as I start describing it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You see the news stories uh, where, you know, they go and they talk to some expert, some doctor, let's say. And then uh, they talk to the doctor. You see the doctor talking to the, the, the camera and all. And then they do a cutaway shot and the doctor is, you know, walking down the hallway. That's B-roll. Or there's a wide shot of the clinic or uh, there are some people, you know, uh, uh, getting their hearts listened to with the stethoscope. That That's all B-roll. And so what candidates do is they put out these, they'll post them just onto YouTube. I remember the one Mitch McConnell put out. And it's just video clips of him doing various things. And there's no other purpose except for the political action committees to take the video and use them for their ads. So there's no direct coordination. But come on. In the 13 years since the Citizens United decision, which Democrats have long complained about, a large number of 501c4 independent expenditure groups have sprung up to take advantage of the new rules, and none has been as successful as the left-wing Arabella Advisors, the founder of which is a former Clinton White House appointee named Eric Kessler as well as a member of the Clinton Global Initiative. He was. Same guy. Which, remember, the Clinton Global Initiative was plagued by fundraising controversies. Altogether, this is absolutely one of the largest fundraising machines I have ever come across, said Robert McGuire of the left-leaning watchdog, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW, or CREW. That's what he said to Politico in 2021. He said, I'm really struggling to think of any other group, especially recently, that would rival it. The structure of Arabella Advisors is complicated and opaque by design. Arabella is comprised of a handful of smaller but still very large and influential funds. Funds like the New Venture Fund, 1630 Fund, North Fund, Hopewell Fund, and Windward Fund. Those groups then create several pop-up groups. They have generic sounding names like Floridians for a fair shake and Arizonans for responsible government, that kind of thing. And they campaign about a specific issue or a specific candidate, and then they they kind of melt away. They are little more than websites designed to look like fully independent grassroots advocacy groups. But then they get unplugged the minute the campaign wraps up. That's the machinery. The network, this Arabella network, has created... 500 of these groups since 2006. And even political journalists are a lot of times fooled into thinking that these are actually grassroots groups instead of entities controlled by well-funded D.C. activists who get their money from a Swiss billionaire trying to turn us into a progressive country. That's the outgroup. This is what creates such animosity and agitation among people on the right. Real clear investigations looking into this uh, Jansberg Weiss, Hansjorg, sorry, Hansjorg Weiss, Swiss billionaire pumping hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into Arabella Advisors for years. Arabella Advisors then funnels all of that money into 
various groups that then fund pop-up, quote-unquote, grassroots organizations. This is astroturfing, uh, and they've been doing it for years. And the goal is to turn America into a progressive nation. The Arabella Network gave $25 million to the Center for Tech and Civic Life, a nonprofit that endured heavy criticism for its role in the 2020 election. Yeah, they were involved in North Carolina. While CTCL's mission was to improve election infrastructure by working with local election offices, it was actually run by election analytics experts affiliated with Democrats and progressive causes. The hundreds of millions in grants that CTCL distributed to the 2020 election or in the 2020 election were allocated by coordinating with Democratic politicians and heavily skewed towards increasing turnout in Democrat counties and cities in swing states. And that's why North Carolina got targeted. This gets back to what I went in, went over in the first hour, this research out of Cambridge that looked at whether or not Trump supporters are actually authoritarian. And what it found was, no, they actually are more anti-authoritarian. They do not trade obedience for liberty. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And when you ask different questions on your surveys, you find out that the left is also pretty authoritarian, more so actually, when it comes to enforcing the policies that they want. But that's where the researchers raise this issue of what they call the three bedrock dilemmas that are foundational to politics. And this is the case throughout history. These three dilemmas. How do you deal with people in your society, in your village, whatever, in your family, in your in-group? How do you deal with people in your in-group that violate your norms? Do you deal with them harshly or do you forgive them? Do you give them space to violate norms and be like, oh, live and let live kind of thing? How open are you to new ideas from outside? This is one of the things that made America great, right? Is that, you know, we'll take the French croissant and, you know, we'll we'll stuff it full of bacon and sausage and cheese and we'll wrap it in some wax paper and chuck it out a window into your waiting vehicle. That's what makes America great, right? Okay. So how to then relate to outgroups? Outgroups are just not you, right? So if you are talking about people who are coming from other countries, immigration, for example, um, how welcoming are you to all people in those outgroups? And these dilemmas that every society deals with at some level, they overlay quite nicely into the political ideological spectrum. So Trump's promise to protect the in-group. And what the researchers, and I assume they are coming at this from an anti-Trump point of view, even though what they found was actually kind of nice for the Trump supporters, you know, um, white, straight, Christian, English-speaking, pledge-reciting Americans. That's the in-group. So say the researchers. That his promise to protect them from the threats that he and his followers believe are posed by the outsiders... Non-heterosexual, non-Christian, non-white, non-anthem-respecting, non-law-abiding, non-Americans. These security, preserve the core, identity, in-group, out-group issues, these are the ones on which Trump's base differs from the rest of American society, even from many self-identified conservatives. The predisposition 
that undergirds Trump's base. It's not a blanket desire for a strong leader. In fact, a lot of Trump supporters are very worried, deeply worried about centralized power, right? Centralized authority, authority in general. It's not a blanket fear of the negative aspects of life. In fact, a lot of Trump supporters are pretty okay about some um, some negative events like the pandemic, for example, environmental degradation, the researchers say. The distinguishing predisposition is a desire for their social unit to be homogenous, united, strong, impervious to outsiders, and well-defended against the threats posed by human beings who are outsiders, different, and not beholden to the in-group's traditional norms and customs and laws. How did the extensive literature then connecting Trump's base to authoritarianism and to blanket negativity bias. How did this get, how, how does this so get, how, how has this gotten so wrong? How did, they, how did they get this so wrong? With regard to authoritarianism, the researchers say the explanation is pretty straightforward. Trump and other leaders of his ilk have clear authoritarian tendencies, including a willingness to abuse the judicial system, to constrain the media, to challenge free and fair elections, to encourage the military to become politically active, So it was natural to assume that the followers of these leaders must crave authoritarianism. But upon further review, it is clear that the followers of these leaders are actually averse to all authority, except that which happens to share their policy biases. And this is on the left as well. The left is okay with authoritarians if it gets done what they want done too. Those participants who endorsed a standard array of right-of-center issue positions turned out to be much faster to identify angry faces relative to happy faces uh, than were those participating uh, who preferred left-of-center policy positions. What does that mean? This is how they tested for negative stimuli. They, they show you all of these pictures of all these faces, and conservatives are more quickly able to identify the angry faces. You pick them out of a lineup like that. And the left are like, I don't really know. Can't really tell. Is anybody really angry? How can you define anger? What is anger, really? You know, no, they, they, they have a hard time deciphering it. And it, this isn't, I mean, there's not even that much thought paid to it. It's like, here's like this whole wall of, of uh, mug shots, basically. Find the, and everybody's smiling. Find the one person in this huge, you know, poster and find the one that's angry. And conservatives are able to identify that person much more quickly. Does that mean they're afraid of that person? No. And that's the problem with the, re- the earlier research. Is that the early research said, well, the fact that their conservatives are able to pick out the angry faces faster, it means that they are more uh, triggered and they are fearful of negative stimuli. And what actually is the case is that they're just attuned to it. They're not afraid of it. It's not worrisome. They just recognize it. They're the sheepdogs. The theory here is that the the physiological study is not replicating, because, by the way, they tried to replicate the results and then they couldn't do it, so they're like, why can't we get these results again? 
The theory is that the physiological study is not replicating because conservatives and especially Trump supporters do not have a fight or flight sympathetic nervous uh, nervous response to negative stimuli generally and maybe even to outside uh, human beings in threatening postures. They are simply aware of and attentive to outsiders. Wariness does not have to include fear. This is one of the things that always killed me. Remember during all of the debates about illegal immigration in their 20s, right, with the path to citizenship and and W trying to ram that through in the gang of six or eight or 12, whatever they were, the gang, right? Remember all of that? And we got labeled as xenophobes. It's not a fear. It's an identification. <laughs> That's all it is. It's saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You got a lot of people coming in and they're not assimilating, right? They're not acculturating. They're bringing different norms. They're bringing different customs here. And you want to be able to assimilate. And we want the I do at least personally, I want the people who love America, love the ideals, love the principles, want freedom, willing to defend it. I want all of those people, particularly the smart ones. I would yeah, get a lot of smart people like that. I want all of them to come. It's when you have such large numbers that are coming in and it's not that you're afraid, it's that you are wary. It's like, oh, I identify this could be a problem. But of course you get labeled racist and bigot and xenophobe as if you're afraid. You're not afraid. You just live in Realville. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, A couple of messages here. This one from Russ. The one aspect of Trump that I 100% understand and wholeheartedly support, but most won't come out and say it, is that he's a giant middle finger to the establishment of both parties and the Washington way of doing things. Other than that, he's a Rorschach test with everybody seeing what they want, much like Obama, right? The blank slate candidate Obama called himself. Trump was marginally better on economics and international matters, making him look pretty strong in those things, but average to poor in almost every other area. Um, Then I had this from Gary, who says, I think the left and these researchers associate traditional straight family structure with quote-unquote whiteness when many rural conservatives actually have multiracial extended families. That is, that is quite correct. My chiropractor has brown skin but is one of the most Christian fundamentalist and traditional people I know. He's originally from Colorado, and he said he would not go back, that it is, uh, it is lost from all of the California influx. Um. Back to this final uh, or this research and their conclusion here. This is, again, from Cambridge.org, and it's a very lengthy uh, research survey and uh, analysis by John Hibbing and his team. Um, And uh, the, the headline, the name of it is called Donald Trump's contribution 
to the study of politics and the life sciences. And they, I mean, he goes through, the, the team, they go through and they dismantle a lot of these assumptions that a lot of researchers and media have made and that which then biased their their final work products um this this idea that trump supporters are motivated by authoritarianism and they are not that's not the issue at all he quotes uh tucker carlson uh, or the research paper uh, they quote tucker carlson quote the u.s has too many people it doesn't matter whether they're good people or bad people. They're strangers and there are too many of them. The sentiment that Tucker Carlson is expressing is revealing and puzzling to those on the political left who assume that Trump supporters must want to cut outsiders out of American society because they fear or hate the outsiders. Now, to be sure, some Trump supporters are driven by fear and hatred of outsiders. Sure, why not? But many, many, many more are driven simply by a deeply ingrained preference for a society that is dominated by insiders, in other words, you know, the in-group, who are well protected from challengers. This is like, this is biological. This is, hey, our little village with, you know, 30, 40 people living on the banks of a river, and all of a sudden a bunch of people we've never seen before that don't look like us, they're wearing different crazy clothes, and they're speaking some other kind of grunting language, and they're going to kill us and take all of our stuff, right? As Michelle Malkin, another right-of-center personality, stated, quote, diversity is not our strength, unity is. Research on the motivations of Trump's intense supporters would benefit from incorporating this observation. They go on to say that societal divisions between what you could describe as the right and the left are so universal and harmful that if we are to come to grips with the underlying nature of politics, scholars are going to have to explain what is at the core of the timeless division. This has been going on for a very, very, very long time. The recent prominence of nativist, traditionalist, populist, law and order politicians and parties holds the key to understanding this very timeless division. The parties and politicians highlight the centrality of issues focusing on identity, security, and groups. Issues that I argue reflect the key bedrock dilemmas of human social life in a way that issues like taxes and uh, uh, center-periphery relations, even abortion policies don't. Like These are the core issues. This is what motivates people to adopt their political philosophies, right? This is why, you know, if you can, if you can have conversations with people that disagree with you without attacking them, even when they attack you, right? And look, I, sometimes I go on offense like that as well, but usually it's like, I realize that they are saying these things because they have some sort of a a motivation that is deep seated. It is rooted in something else. Usually it's like this desire to, virtue signal and pretend to be morally superior because it releases a dopamine hit in their brain and so they're addicted to it and once you realize that's who you're dealing with then it's best just not even to engage or if you choose to continue to engage you're only doing so in order to win other converts that might be watching the conversation that's it that's it